When it rains, it certainly pours. Let's get started. And they are going to win! Pierre Gasly wins the Italian Grand Prix! Three cars going well to win as Perez is caught by Charles Leclerc and his three cars gone off! It's a DNF for MAX! The world championship record is equals. Lewis Hamilton, seven-time champion of the world! And then it dries up really, <laughs> really quickly, just to yeah. spite. <laughs> just to mm-hmm. spite poor Lando. It's almost as if the rain never happened, but um, Lando Norris knows. He knows all too well. So, yes, those who haven't watched this uh, Grand Prix weekend in Russia, they may be thinking to themselves, why on earth are we talking about Lando Norris? He finished in seventh place, and that's, you know, not too good, really, for McLaren when it, when you when you compare this result to the last few seasons. But those who have watched all of the weekend from Friday to Sunday will know that Lando Norris was very much on course to win this race until about lap 47 when the heavens opened, he slid off and slid down the track and ultimately slid down the order as well, down to seventh place. And Lewis Hamilton collected his 100th win in Formula One. What do we uh, think to that uh, Sochi Grand Prix? Should we start off with Hamilton? Because that is an absolutely insane number of wins. Just to beat everybody a hundred times is is crazy. And then to beat everyone that is supposedly in the pinnacle of motorsport is even more crazy if you go to another sport let's just pick one badminton for example like the best in the 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 best in the in the in the world for badminton and you say right you got to win like a hundred games against the other people then that's going to be really darn hard because you're only at your peak for an x amount of time so just the longevity of this this well being at peak is is crazy really so i don't know if it'll be beaten whatever hamilton's final tally of wins is but this Mm. is an absolutely mental thing for him to achieve so big congratulations there um and then of course you you polarize that glorious happiness and that great moment with poor lando norris um who nearly did what i didn't think i would see for a long time more and that's a double McLaren win, you know, in consecutive weekends. He nearly pulled that off, which is again mm. really, mm. really crazy. Looks like the gods said no this time, Lando. And I think we'll discuss a bit more about this as we as this conversation flows. But I was absolutely heartbroken to see the rain come down when it did, and just to see the teams really reacting in different ways they didn't know how to react some drivers were coming in when they on their own at the end of the day i think it was lando's decision to stay out and that bit him in the in the arse in the end but it's very easy to say with hindsight well he should have come in in fact at the time i said oh i think he should come in but i could have just is easily been wrong in fact i thought i was wrong when it was dry on part of the track so it was definitely a roller coaster of emotions. If you haven't seen the the race, watch the first twenty laps and then just watch the last six, <laughs> and that basically gives you a full rundown of of what happened. Yeah, I mean, just quickly on Lando, like you can say it quite literally. The wind quite literally slipped through his fingers, like he <laughs> slipped all over that track. And um, <laughs> honestly, I know. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I yeah, I am um, wasn't watching live, but when I heard. 
<laughs> when I heard what happened, my God, I was so, so devastated for him. Um, but quickly, like, as you did, Tristan, just firstly on Lewis Hamilton, I mean, what a monumental achievement. I feel like it's not acknowledged enough what we're living through and watching right now because... It, it, he's officially like if you do it on statistics the greatest you know that we've had and um we're, we're seeing him do this and i think because he wins so much we kind of forget how special it is but when you look at the statistics and how many he's won out of how many it's like 100 out of races out of like 280 or something which is a lot <laughs> well, there was a statistic yeah. that said like 46 percent of the total number of race wins if you added up all the race wins that had gone to a driver on the grid on mm. Sunday, if that makes any sense. Um, who was there on Sunday? Yeah. yeah, everyone who was on the grid on yeah. Sunday, if you added all of their race wins up and tallied them together, Hamilton has like 46% of them. Mm. Oh, God, wow. People and also, like Vettel and Alonso are there. I know. Mm. And also, it, I think it's something like 10% of all F1 races ever have been won by him over the 70 years. <laughs> and something about how, like, number of race wins of... Or some teams like uh, Alpine, you know, in different names, and um, you know, Aston Martin in different names. Uh, a, a total, they added some teams together. Totaled ninety six wins. <laughs> there was like four teams wow. on more, and just he on his own, you know, he on his own has, has won one hundred. So yeah, firstly, like we've just got to say, I mean, how incredible is that? And I, I'm so happy that we get to watch this. And what's exciting about this year is he didn't get his hundredth win on a, you know, parade of a race yeah. you know we actually yeah. saw some some real exciting lewis hamilton moments some dry you know the showing his skill and also this whole season really he's got his hundred win in a season that's been competitive so it kind of feels even better than if he just waltzed through the season once again to get this win and to get this um record-breaking moment so yeah so exciting and yeah no one no no one quite <laughs> can match his standard and you know mm. it's, it's amazing to be have witnessed it so yeah um but obviously would i have hoped that it would come you know <laughs> at the expense of lando norris absolutely not i wish that it could have happened um when it was between him and, and max or something because obviously we're, we're massive mclaren fans and uh, and especially uh, and obviously lando and it, it just it was so gutting because you just know how much it means, you know, and especially as last week he, you mm. know, we we discussed the team orders, but how potentially he may have, could have passed Ricardo at one point, but he the team agreed that he should stay behind and he was happy to do that. You know, it felt like his win was going to be next and he deserved it because of, you know, how he's behaved as a good, good team player in the past. So, yeah, really sad. Mm. Um, if we're going to talk about the decision... Um, from what I, from what I've seen, I, I do feel as if the team should have been a little bit stricter with him, because Agreed. I can understand when someone like Lewis or Seb, you know, or Fernando are making decisions and the team are saying okay, but as as fantastic as Lando is, he's twenty one years old, he's not ex as experienced like as a, mo a lot of other drivers on the grid. He can't be the one to say no, no, we're not going to do that, and the team go okay no no that, that's not how it works mate like they're there for a reason and the, the team should be saying i'm sorry lando i know you disagree but we are saying it team orders you're coming in right now because that's what um mercedes did they had to pressure lewis eventually but it was the right decision and i think that they were too soft with lando um and i think that could have partly ruined what like it's not he's not just to blame i think the team should have been more firm with him basically i i know where you're coming from but i just want to say that the problem you've got is you can't make a driver pit and Hamilton ignored the team for the first time. And I know we can say, well, he should have listened to the team. He should listen to the team. He should listen to the team. 
The issue I think McLaren had was twofold. Firstly, they're ahead of Hamilton, which means they effectively were on the back foot because mm. they had to take the big gamble and they didn't have as long to make that sort of decision because at worst they lose, you know, they, they lose first place and get second if they make the wrong decision. Hamilton has nothing to lose because there's enough space behind him. But secondly, with a decision like that where nobody actually knows, I think the, the reasoning why McLaren didn't pressure Norris too much was because it had to kind of be the driver's call because if he lo- if they had made that decision let's say to 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 come in and lost him the race win yeah, then that would have been a a real disaster and so there are some circumstances when there is so much on the line that they say to him we think you should come in for for wets and he replied with no 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 shut the f up <laughs> which at what point then do you say as a team fine you know that's your call we can't make you pit. This is it now. Yeah. yeah, but but I mean, then again, like it's one of those where I think thinking back to last episode, I said that Mercedes really had to go and sort of nail their colours to the mast and show once again how good they were and how they hadn't lost it. And I think ultimately they showed that when it came to Sunday because Saturday they got it horribly wrong insofar that they were too late putting the Inters on for Hamilton. That then meant he had less time uh, to warm them up and to ultimately get the fastest lap. Vice versa, McLaren nailed it in terms of Saturday. Uh, They got Norris out there and he was on pole for a reason. But when it came to Sunday... And when you know there's rain in the air literally by being there in Sochi as well as the massive screen in front of you which says, you know, rain is on the on the way, rain is on the way. Mercedes were absolutely right into far. They said, well, rain's coming. You know, we're not going to argue with data and statistics. Let's get the inters on because we know more's coming. And I understand why McLaren kept Norris out there. I was one of those saying, no, don't pit, don't pit because obviously it's their have-what-you-hold mentality. You're in pole position. Why take a needless gamble? Um, when it seemed to be only sort of spitting with rain and didn't look too torrential. But when you've got all that data in front of you saying (laughs) it is literally going to tip it down, you need to make that decision. And I think it is a very big learning curve for Norris, but I think it's a learning curve for McLaren as well because they're one of these teams that, yes, they're, they're firmly in third place, Okay, they're kind of fighting Ferrari, but are they really? Um, but they're not. They've not got that hard-edged winning mentality they did say ten years ago because they're out of practice when it comes to winning races. You know, the the, the race win at Monza was very nice, but no one really expected it because they expected you know a McLaren or a Red Bull to ace it on Saturday, then win on Sunday. So that came as a surprise, and I think, as I said, they were exposed to being a bit naive when it came to this race vice versa, McLaren, uh, Mercedes not only showed it with Hamilton, but also Bottas, who then climbed up to fifth place. So um, I think a learning curve, not only for Norris, but also for the team as well. I, don't, I just, there's, as I say, there's only so much they can they can say to a driver to get him in. I think Hamilton, the reason why Hamilton decided to go for it, to go for those inters, was they kept on and badgering him and saying, well, there's more rain coming. And again, he's following Norris well, if everyone else is pitting, he can he can go for those inters and still claim second. I think McLaren was stuck between a well between a rock and a hard place, really. Um, <laughs> a river and, and an ocean. It was a, it's in such <laughs> yeah. a difficult goal. And remember, we are looking at this through hindsight, and so it's it's so easy to be to to criticise. And actually, 
I think the thing I'm really annoyed with Norris for is being a dick. (laughs) 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 You know, I can, and and that's the thing. He just didn't need to, I was listening back and when he was like, shut up. Yeah, well, we've just got to do this now. I was thinking, oh, Norris, no. (laughs) (laughs) Like, imagine if Hamilton had said that. Yeah, I was about to say that. (laughs) People would kick off. Yeah, and and, and we can't coddle him. He's... He is yeah. a driver. He makes the final call at the end of the day. The dri- they team said, we think you should come in. It's going to rain. And he said, yeah, yeah, I can see Hamilton's done it. I'm going to stay out. And in fact, actually, if I was McLaren, I would have said, no, no, no. We've, at this point, we've got to cover, cover Mercedes. They, they, they've done it now. You know, at, the, at, at worst comes to worst, then, you know, we cover, we cover them and we get second. But they couldn't get him in until it was too late. And so I, I think that Norris needs to really learn not to get too stressed like that under pressure because the whole team broke down at that point it was just a disaster of communication you know it was one thing after another and it ended up with well a 21 year old feeling absolutely devastated and it's very easy as i say to sit here and criticize because we have hindsight but i think it's just got to be the driver's decision at the end of the day if the team cannot give him a firm answer on whether or not changing tires or something is going to be the right call but the, the difference I would say, sorry, very quickly, just between McLaren and Mercedes is McLaren said, oh, what do you want to do? Let's have a consultation. Let's review it mid-race. Mercedes just stood there in the pit lane and said, well, you've got to come in at some point. That, that sort of pressure they put on both drivers, I think, you know, it's a small thing. It's more, you know, say stylistic for the cameras because you could see Mercedes being out there. But it showed a hard-headedness, which I think McLaren lacked. But, but well, I won't know because they said no to Bottas. See, this is the other thing is I don't think I don't think Mercedes were on this sort of brilliant strategy because Bottas well, said, oh, were, I think it should come the in. Race. They were like, oh, no, no, we're not we're not going to bring Bottas in. We won't bring you in. We don't want you to come in yet. So actually, they weren't they didn't know what was going to happen because they ignored Bottas. Bottas had to really pressure him, you know, by himself. So he said on lap 47, he says, I want to go, I want to come in. And then he was told by his engineer to, to, to stay out. And then he actually went back onto the radio during lap 48 and said, uh, we should have pit, we should have boxed. And then actually came in on lap 48. So I think, I don't think Mercedes were this cool, calm, collective, you know, unity of a machine that we thought they were. And I think Hamilton... Yeah, but they won. That's the difference because they made that decision. But that's, that's my point. Yeah, but that doesn't, you only know they won now. At the time, it was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they did. <laughs> you can't get away from the fact that they did win because they made that decision. With Hamilton as well, they were in there with the pit stop saying, "You've got to come in now," and that's the difference. I agree with 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 Trish's point earlier when you mentioned Tristan that it almost felt like for Lewis it wasn't really much of a risk, like he would get second. I think there was something like a fifty second gap or something behind Lewis, you know, from from second to third. So for him, pitting you know coming second from where he started with not really like you know with uh, with Verstappen all the way back so as long as he's ahead of Verstappen you know coming second fantastic so taking that pit you know um pit stop it was probably worth the risk for Lewis because all that would happen if it was secure second rather than fight for first or the other way around depending on what happened with the weather whereas I do see that I do understand that with with Lando that it it, it was far bigger risk because um you know either way you know it could it could go badly wrong but with Lewis or he could he could always get second if that makes sense and to be honest with with Lando if he'd if he had pitted 
he would probably be guaranteed second. <laughs> Even if Lewis had gone past mm. him, mm. he would be still 50 seconds ahead of third place. How, you know, it's so difficult. But what I mean is, is that I think it was an easier decision and he was, e- yeah. he was able to be convinced because for Lewis, that race was already a success, really. He was ahead of Verstappen, you know. He was... He climbed from a position that he, you know, wouldn't have wanted to finish in. Fantastic. That that's all he needed from the race. It would have been fantastic to win, but that it's worth going. Like, okay, you're right. Let's probably pit and see what goes on. But so I do understand why Lando was so much more resistant. But I do think at the end of the day that there, there's a reason that the team have the, all the data and stuff. And I think that they could have pushed him a bit more. But you know, it's a learning curve for him. And I know that it's disappointing that he was angry and a bit of an idiot as well. But I'm hoping that he. Again, this is just something he learns because the way that he's matured, like the way how different he is from when he first started is already absolutely massive leap. So, you know, this will only like add to that. So, um, yes, let, let, let's see what happens. But I, I think we can all agree that his win is bound to happen at some point. <laughs> I hope so. Mm, and this is the yeah. problem when it's all or nothing, as you say. Hamilton's was was a much easier decision. Mm. But I think the, that that's the issue. Is we've ne- I've never been in a situation where it's all or nothing. If if Norris mm. didn't take that win, he would have just repeated what he did in the last race. And so McLaren were, unfortunately, in the situation where they've just got to do the thing that may, means that they will they'll win. And if Hamilton pitted, they had to stay out. And I know it's so easy to say, but you should have pressured him more. And yes, I think they should have. I think they should have got on the radio and said, Norris, you're coming in. You've got to come in. But I... I have a funny feeling Norris might not have listened until it was too late mm. anyway. McLaren would have to have a conversation with Norris in the future, I think, and say, look, you know, we've got all the data. But do you remember when, after he made that decision, he said, well, no, we've just got to commit to staying out at this point. Mm. I think that was his mindset. And I don't think McLaren wanted a radio argument to go on because it would have absolutely ruined their their look. And it's embarrassing, actually. So I think there was a, an active decision within McLaren to say, fine, it's his call now. We're not going to argue with him on the radio. And I think that's just what happened. And mm-hmm. it would have been lovely to see it go the other way. But it just didn't. But luckily, yeah. Norris wasn't the only one to, to massively miss out there <laughs> because a certain Mr. Stroll had a horrible <laughs> one and a half laps. Dear, dear, dear. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, and looking back at that video, I think it's of him going round what must be one of the last few corners, and he's asked by his engineer, Lance, how's it looking out there? Is it dry? Is it sort of, you know, tepid? Is it, you know, getting soaked out there? How's your grip going? And he pauses for a bit, about to go around the corner and goes, yeah, it's fine. At that point, slides right off the circuit into the barriers, desperately trying to, to angle the steering wheel to counteract that. But um, hey, yes, not only that, but he also came to blow, shall we say, with Seb Vettel, where he sort of drifted across the track. And um, I think if you're the Aston Martin owner, or indeed somebody who's very high up there, you're quite thankful that that didn't result in um, any uh, material damage, shall we say, and economic at that, because that was quite a thud. But um, yeah, quite a disappointing race, really, for Aston Martin. Martin, uh, when you consider that n- neither of them got in the points and ultimately both of them qualified in there, Stroll in seventh and uh, Seb Vettel in tenth. So the Stroll ones, I, I, it's just so amusing to me because it was on lap, it was lap forty-eight that uh, he was told to box for Inters, and this was after hitting Vettel, 
And so before, just before he started coming into the pit lane, he changed his mind, ignored the orders, avoided the box, and they were like, can you stay out in these conditions? Yes, goes into the barriers. And, <laughs> and then when he comes out of it, hits Gasly. Oh, yeah. Strong. yeah. In fact, again, same problem though. They were, he, he was a driver ignoring the, the team orders. And it wasn't his usual, uh, it wasn't his usual engineer, Brad, on the, on the radio and if it was brad he would have made sure stroll came in because brad and <laughs> brad and stroll if you don't know have a very odd relationship um on the radio which usually involves stroll being like shut up brad um and and brad replying stroll just do what i say um there's a glorious uh, radio clip of brad telling stroll to press the pit confirm and he's like it's this one he's like that's what i'm pressing bad <laughs> zero four okay lance you just need to press the okay button okay button i pressed it you're pressing the pit confirm button the pit confirm button is the okay button brad so funny <laughs> so uh i mean brad wasn't there to get stroll in um again same symptom really of of that the, the problem again was young driver ignoring race orders until it was too late and he really did embarrass himself poor stroll hitting his own hitting his own teammate and then taking out gasly again gasly had a shocking weekend and that was just the culmination of that so i again though what what from a, what from a, a team's perspective can you do if a driver is just going to ignore the, the calls to box. Not much. <laughs> no, no. It depends how much they... I think it depends on how much they... The importance that they see on themselves within the team. Like, I think Lando, they know what a gem they've got in Lando and they've signed him for this many years, you know. He's a, he's their star. That, But if you're someone who's teetering on the edge of a contract... <laughs> throw it yeah. back to Bottas a few weeks ago before we knew what was happening sort of thing you're more likely to listen i feel like lando felt you know we, i think we can agree that he was a bit a bit you know, snotty and he it wasn't the right attitude to have but you know we can understand why um i think lando has is so secure <laughs> at mclaren they are they are so happy that he is with them and like they're lucky to be honest as we've discussed before if he hadn't signed such a long contract he could be off at, you know to red bull next year sort of thing with his talent so i think with yeah it, i think those sort of decisions um and whether you listen to your team depends on your relationship with the team at that time but either yeah. way you shouldn't do act that way but i think that some drivers have more lenience than others and i think it's also like the protocol that teams have in place i.e they have conversations beforehand or looking back at past races it's like oh you know well, um, we decided to pit this way because, you know, the driver said so or, you know, the team said this. It's all, all about the sort of, I suppose, past decision-making they've had. And I think, as you say, Liv, with Norris doing so well uh, for McLaren and trusting him so much after what he's been able to do this season, you know, the consistent points finishes he's been able to achieve, which um, I think even McLaren have been astounded by, you can understand why they said, OK, then Norris, you, you know what you're doing, you've done it before type thing. We'll leave it in your hands if you if you feel it's fine. 
And I think when it comes to Lance Stroll, we all kind of know why Lance Stroll has a very large say in what happens in terms of his cars, because, of course, his dad owns uh, Aston Martin, <laughs> and therefore they don't want to go and uh, ruffle the uh, ruffle men, shall we, shall we say, or to uh, anger the big beast above. But um, I can imagine the relationship between, let's say, Giovinazzi and Alfa Romeo, or Latifi and Williams, um, or even... Well, I would say Sonoda and um, and uh, Alpha Tauri, but listening to how <laughs> some of the radio messages have gone, I, I think maybe not. But I think yeah, it kind of it kind of depends on past decisions, conversations, and also like the personality of the driver. I'd say are the main factors um, in terms of that. Yeah, it's been nice though to to quickly contrast the drivers who made mistakes: Hamilton, Norris, Stroll, for example. Yes, I'm including mm. Hamilton in that because, you know, left to his own devices, he probably would have ended up with the same fate as Norris and Stroll. Um, I'd like to quickly shout out Verstappen, Bottas, Raikkonen. We need they... to shout out Carlos as well for having him. Oh, well, I know yeah. because... No? Tell me. Well... Listeners, I didn't watch the whole race, so this is why I sound stupid. Okay, so Sainz <laughs> thought about pitting and then actually stayed out... Um, and boxed, I think, for lap 49, not 48. So he doesn't fall into the uh, the, the early trap. Russell <laughs> okay. as well. Russell um, as well made the made an early call. So these those are the drivers that really uh, did a great uh, had a, had a great time on the wet and actually realised the way it was going. Um, Bottas especially <laughs> arguing this team. <laughs> I want to come in. No, we should have come in. Oh, um, <laughs> so um, yeah. So Bottas and Verstappen up into second place. So one of the, th- the outcomes of this race I did not think I would see is Verstappen being in second. And it, it all just swung his way, I think, really. Um, going from 20th on the grid up into second, he made up six places in one lap, which was yeah. amazing. It just And that was because of the early call to come into the into the pits. I mean, I think what it was is there was an... Ex- Verstappen, I think, had to go for it just because it was something different. I think mm. Bottas and Raikkonen had experience here and both sort of looked at the way it was going and thought, yeah, it's going to be wet. And Russell apparently has just an old man, you know, <laughs> old man brain on his shoulders and, and <laughs> saw it um, and decided to do something different as well. So, yeah, Verstappen, there's now three points in it after that. Yep. So this season is yet again neck and neck and well, Mercedes is going to have to take a new engine, we think, for, for Hamilton. So I can't predict what's going to happen. Mercedes now have to match what Red Bull did for Verstappen. Honestly, I was so disappointed in Mercedes when they essentially um, got Bottas to take that uh, penalty, yeah. purely then for him to have the job of uh, just shadowing and ultimately preventing Max Verstappen from getting up uh, the leaderboard and getting into the points when, you know, vice versa, what they could have done is not take the penalty, then Bottas be in the points, which I think we all know he would have finished in there, looking at how he finished in fifth. He made the right decision. We can quibble about how, but he, he got fifth, so that's a good points finish. And, you know, at the end of the day, when it comes to this, you need two Mercedes drivers in the points because the constructors is still, you know, not done and dusted by any stretch of the imagination. And I thought it was quite, I don't know... It was it was insulting for Bottas, I think. You know, granted he's not going to be there next year, but it's quite clear that that's how they see Bottas now. It's very much a dog's body, and as well, I thought it was 
I don't know. I, I I thought it was a move as well that didn't really make a lot of sense because you can't surely expect Bottas to fully hold up Max Verstappen, a charging Max Verstappen uh, through the entirety of this race and for him basically to be a rolling roadblock, really. Um, as we saw by him <laughs> pretty much just saying on lap six, Max, there you go. I, I think as well... Um... But yeah, as you say, I think it, it was pretty savage to, to treat Bottas in this way. And I do think it is a little bit embarrassing. I, I'm sure, you know, Bottas can hold his own and he doesn't care what we think. But it, it does seem a little bit like a slap in the face and maybe, as you say, quite unnecessary, especially um, you'll have to advise me on this, guys. But I hear that he didn't put up that much of an effort in stopping the staff and getting past anywhere. Apparently it was quite poor defending. Yeah. What, what are your yeah, thoughts Yeah, that's what I that? mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was it fair, though, of, of Mercedes to do that to Bottas? because effectively no. it just extends the, the wingman role though of of uh, of Bottas just to keep Verstappen behind is there any difference what I'm saying is there, is there any difference between planting Bottas in 17th to prevent Verstappen getting past than there is planting Bottas in second stop Verstappen getting past well one's um, in the points so well, yeah but that, that only helps. hinders that only hinders Mercedes because the world championship's going to Lewis and the constructors is the thing that Mercedes cares about. So they don't care about Bottas' points. Well, surely they do if they want to win the constructors, don't they? Yes, but in because Verstappen's out of the points as well, it sort of ties mm. that bit up. What I'm saying is I know I know there is a lot of anger against this, but there isn't actually that much difference in, in making Bottas hold up Verstappen up the pack or down the pack. It's just his job now, right? Just to, <laughs> to hold up Verstappen. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it, I suppose it does give Bottas a new engine, which is always nice. We all like new engines. Um, maybe <laughs> maybe Mercedes is just going to donate uh, Bottas an, a second Mercedes GT <laughs> just to make up for it in different colours. <laughs> but surely it's about pride as well for Bottas, because granted he's not going to be winning uh, the championship or indeed running Lewis Verstappen or let's say even well Norris, Norris close at this rate. But surely when it comes to just team management... You want your drivers to be as happy as they can be. We know that Bottas is going to be leaving, so he's not fully engaged as he would be. But one way to really de-incentivise him to play for the team is to have him start really low down and not in the points because he still wants to do really well for his own championship. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I, I thought it was quite insulting and, I don't know, naive at best, ignorant at worst from Mercedes. I don't know. I'm not saying what they did was right. Uh, I'm just, I'm just saying that I think it's it's interesting that starting, you know, making Bottas be second and defend against second is is somewhat different in people's heads than him being seventeenth and defending against seventeenth. So mm-hmm. it's it's a difficult one. And actually, I really feel for Bottas because he is such a, a nice guy and really funny as well. Um, and so I think it's it will be a good move when he, he leaves Mercedes and he can actually be a number one driver and, and properly valued. But I don't necessarily think Mercedes did do it just to get him to stop um, Verstappen because at the end of the day, they could have had Bottas in fifth place and he would have achieved the same result. Uh, unless Mercedes really didn't want Verstappen to get any points, in which case they would have had to have Bottas sort of in 10th place, which is only one point. So do you see how I, I think there's a bit of a yeah. conspiracy going on here? And also Toto Wolf got onto the radio halfway through to Bottas and was like, Bottas, get them, get those points. And that's yeah. so I think they wanted him to do well. I think he just needed a new engine and 
it's just unfortunate this is engine what 97 for him now so <laughs> um, it's, <laughs> yeah. a bit, it's a bit of a shame really that boss has having a final season ruined but let's hope it goes well in, in his future after this a bit like how Vettel seems to be doing now he's left Ferrari I still find it so funny I, I'm guessing you guys saw the uh, the post as well of him uh, is it, it, so the background is like loads of defunct broken engines and then in front is that Bottas meme where he's sort of just grimacing or sort of, you know, doing that fake smile. And he posted that, I think it was like on his Instagram story, just, you know, yeah. fully taking the piss out of himself, saying like, yep, I, I use loads of engines, deal with it type thing. So um, I think, yeah, it's, it's got to the point now where the true Bottas is coming out and he's just here for himself uh, more than he is here for Mercedes. And yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. What do you think, though, about Verstappen as a sort of a final conclusion to this race because it it really was at highs and lows but Verstappen got second which as I say nullified that that penalty of starting from the back is this now going to put Mercedes in a position where they they're going to have to hope that Hamilton's engine holds on or do you think they're just going to have to pick a race to take that penalty and hope that Hamilton can do the same thing and do you think Hamilton can do the same thing that's a really difficult question (laughs) Uh, firstly, just or just on Max, I think yeah, they they really wouldn't have expected the result that they got, and we know what Max can do, we know what the car can do, but starting from where he started, you know, to to then finish on second, I think that's an absolute win for them. Um, it, it, I think he was. I read earlier he was in seventh or something when it was raining, like when it first started raining, which was obviously like quite towards the end of the race. And he finished second. You know, it's an outstanding result, really, for them when you think about it. And it makes, obviously, the the championship so much more exciting. And I explained earlier, you know, for Lewis, he was never going to catch Lewis. For Lewis, it didn't matter what he did, whether he pitted or not, he was still going to finish ahead of Verstappen. That was his aim. However, Verstappen was finishing a lot closer to him than they would have expected, especially having thrown Bottas back there as a a bollard in the way. Um, So, yeah, that's my first point. I just think that... um, what a win! For, what a win for Red Bull! Like that's a set. That's as good as a win, essentially. That considering that where they started, um, I think that Lewis, if we've we've seen many times before, Lewis climb from impossible positions to to win races. We've seen even Sergio Perez go from last to to winning a race. So, you know, in in the Mercedes and being Lewis Hamilton, the you know the greatest statistically driver ever. Wow. I know it's a risk, obviously, but there's there's still enough races to go that I think they should take it. He'll do, he'll fight for it, and and then it will go. The, the only problem is, of course, like there, yeah, they would have hoped, as you said, that um, Verstappen would have suffered more from from his penalties, if that makes sense, and he didn't. Mm. So they've just got to hope that they don't suffer more than Verstappen did on this weekend, um, which wasn't very much at all. <laughs> I hope that made sense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's inevitable that Mercedes will probably have to go and replace their engine and take the hit. And I think, to be fair, they'll probably be somewhat happy doing that, knowing how well Lewis Hamilton can sort of, you know, plough through the pack, um, going from, you know, the very low places to the very high. You know, this isn't the Mercedes cars of... um, years prior where ultimately they blitzed it in qualifying and that meant they weren't held up in traffic which meant they were fine but then when they were back in traffic they were considerably slower and you know had 
problems ultimately overtaking the cars in front of them. That Mercedes is gone now, and we're, we're now seeing a very well-rounded uh, package, I think, where they're not going to be afraid of taking that hit. The question now comes of, you know, where do you take that hit? I can't imagine they're going to be taking it in Turkey. Somewhere like the US could be a good opportunity considering they've got a good track record there and um, there's a decent amount of places to overtake. Mexico, I can't see it. And then one after that maybe being Sao Paulo in Brazil. You know, they can't do it on the last one, as you say. And then the Saudi Arabia Jeddah International Street Circuit, I believe its name is. We don't know how that's going to work. So that's almost, you know, uh, an, an unknown quantity. So you dance, you don't take the risk there. And that's, you know, right before the last uh, race of the season. So there's even more sort of pressure on that one. So if I was a betting man, I would say Brazil um, over the US. Um, and I think definitely um, Hamilton can do that, of course. I think I think really, going back to this race just gone in Russia, I think that result for Verstappen was absolutely massive. Like, not not expecting at all to get any points, I think. you know uh, This was on par, really, with Hungary, where they just hoped for anything. Um, uh, of course, post the, uh, the, the incident there where um, Verstappen's car was you know not as fast as it was because of the damage. They were hoping just for points more than, let's say, a podium finish. And I think that was, you know, really remarkable. And I think that's being really overlooked because of A, the, the Norris sort of descent down the ranks and then also Hamilton scoring um, or winning, should I say, his 100th uh, uh, Grand Prix. But I think really what's being overlooked is not only that second place for Verstappen, which is massive uh, for him, Red Bull and the championship, but also uh, Carlos Sainz third place. Granted, he started in second and you would already, always expect him to be up there. But um you know, regardless of the method, he's kept out of trouble. He got the inters on. He got himself a podium, which, funnily enough, just looking it up now, he's actually scored more podium finishes than Leclerc this season. He's got two thirds and a second. Meanwhile, uh, Leclerc's only got one second. Granted, he's been in fewer races. He wasn't at Monaco, of course, but still a remarkable achievement so far um, from Carlos Sainz this season to get once again another podium. And I think that's really being overlooked because, you know, this Ferrari car is good, but it's nowhere near, I'd say, the McLaren or those out. Uh, I was in front of the um, Mercedes and Red Bull, so you know, fair play to him, honestly. And so ends episode 23 of F1 in Review. Thank you very much for listening to the end of this episode where we dissected and looked at what happened at Sochi. A very, very interesting one, a very exciting one, and a Grand Prix where once again Mercedes have got the, uh, the gold crown, got the podium got the win. Uh, next week there'll be no racing when it comes to Formula 1 we'll have to wait until the 10th of October for the Turkish Grand Prix but we'll be back to discuss all the latest news topics and things of interest when it comes to Formula 1 such as the Ferrari which I hinted at at the end and maybe, just maybe, we'll hear a bit more about that Alfa Romeo seat and who's getting it, who's not getting it and what the implications could be for next season until next time, thank you very much for listening